trust the Lord. I'm looking at a crowd today that's going through a lot of things, but yet God knows how to keep us encouraged. In fact, the Lord began to speak to my heart on Monday uh, of this week as I was thinking, reflecting, all the needs and things that we're all facing and some more than others. And God birthed this message in my heart today. I believe God's going to use this in your life to encourage you and to draw you nearer to him. How many of you got a cell phone? Have you got a cell phone? All right, I've got a cell phone too. You know, it's amazing how much time we spend on our cell phone. We check it. I check mine all the time. Why? Because mine doesn't ring. I have to check it to make sure nobody's called or sent me a text message. I get them all the time. And not only do I check it, but I charge it. I've got to charge it every night and uh, even during the daytime. And uh, it's almost as if uh, we can't live without our cell phones. I got to thinking about that, how we're so dependent upon our cell phone. And that's the way God wants us to be dependent upon him. The same manner, talking with him throughout the day. In fact, I read an article uh, written by a doctor by the name of Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Mark Siegel came to this conclusion that there's so many people today that are checking their cell phone, and we need to exercise our faith muscles, that there's a thing called text neck syndrome. Why? Because you walk around, and I do it, and probably you do it, we're looking at our phone. And you know what develops? According to Dr. Mark Siegel, he claims, that, according to his studies, that the muscles in our neck get weakened, and when the muscles in our neck get weakened, guess what happens? He said a bone begins to grow in your neck. It's called a bone spur. Now, that's not the interesting part of this. The interesting part of this is, guess what? When you have a bone, and this is what takes place when we continually... Uh, overdue and uh, are spending too much time on our phones and too much time on the computer and looking down all the time or reading for that matter, this bone to compensate for the weakness of the muscles in our neck begins to grow. Listen to what he said further. He said this bone will be passed down to the next generation. A bone spur will occur in a baby born from a parent who has this development of a bone developing in their neck. Not only is it passed down to their children, but to their grandchildren as well. Have you ever heard such? I got to thinking about that. I said, praise the Lord. Uh, this, uh, the dependency upon the Lord and, and uh, this thing of God help us to exercise what we need to exercise in these days, spiritual muscles in the Lord. And speaking of doctors and speaking of this, it reminded me of the pastor that went, preacher that went to the hospital. I've been in several hospitals this week as well, and it's a privilege to go and be with our dear people and pray with them, and it's really a ministry and a part of a responsibility. Anyway, I, went, I heard about this preacher that went to a hospital, and he went to this man's room, and the man, he stepped over to his bed. He was going to pray for the man, and the man began to gasp for breath. He couldn't for air. He couldn't breathe. And the preacher thought, well, he looks like he's fixing to pass away. He said to the man, he said, what's going on? He said, do you need me to get you a, a piece of paper, a pen? Do you want to write a last will on this piece of paper or pen, uh, this uh, piece of paper with a pen? And the man was 
trying to breathe and struggling and, and the man grabbed the piece of paper and he wrote down on the piece of paper and the preacher looked at it, read it and it said, get off my oxygen hose, I can't breathe. All right, the pastor was standing on his oxygen hose. I, I tell you, I've been prone to do the same thing. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 5. Here's where we're going in the message today. It's a battle of faith. How many today are battling faith? Come on, talk to me. How many today are battling with having faith in God? Things don't always go like we want. Y'all look up here. How many of us today are battling with trusting God? This is a battle. It's a battle royal to trust God. And I know that if I'm battling trusting God, then you're battling trusting God. We're all battling trusting the Lord. It's a faith battle. And today God wants us to develop some faith muscles. And no matter how much we say we trust God still, we realize that we're in a battle. It's a battle of faith. Am I going to believe God? Now, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, you'll note here there are several examples. Mark being one of uh, the writers of the Gospels. I'll quickly just share this and we'll move forward into the text mark uh, the secretary of peter the one who was restored by paul who abandoned him by the way on the first missionary journey why we're not absolutely sure it could have been malaria it could have been the fact he didn't want to come under paul's authority it could have been the rugged ter terrain we're not absolutely sure but we do know this mark abandoned him and therefore paul said i'm not taking him anymore barnabas did take him and ultimately paul discovered as he was in a roman prison paul that is fixing to be beheaded bring john mark second timothy chapter four and uh, he's profitable for the ministry. Now, this is the same Mark writing this gospel, and he cuts through the chase. He doesn't get into the, miracle, uh, to the uh, genealogies of our Lord. Rather, he gets right to the miracles. Why? Because he's got a Roman audience, and he wants them to understand Jesus Christ was God. He was God. He still is God. And therefore, he begins to expound on the supernatural, extraordinary, wonder-working, miracle power of our Lord. I'm glad he's still in the working, wonder-working power. In the Gospel of Mark, here's where we're going today. And I want you to make this personal, beloved, all right? I want you to make this personal. Number one, and don't worry about writing this right now. I'll get it on the screen as you just saw a moment ago. Number one, when, listen. When you got a need, when you got a need, what do you do? When you got a need, what do you do? Every one of us have a need today. What do you do? We'll find this in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verse 22. Number two, there's three reasons why you ought to trust God today. Why I ought to trust God today? Number two, when you're in a crisis, where do you turn? Is there anybody here in a crisis? Is there anybody here that's facing a storm in your life? Number three, we'll see that, uh, by the way, in verse 23 of the text. Number three, not only when you uh, have a need, what do you do? And when you're in a crisis, where do you turn? Number three, here's another reason why to trust the Lord. is because when you need a breakthrough, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Oh, listen, beloved, I believe the Lord is going to bless us through this text today. I'm believing God is going to encourage us and the Lord is going to uh, help us to exercise faith in Him. Mark chapter 5, 
And I want you to pick up, please, with me in the text. Mark describes several events going on, but for the sake of time, we're going to just uh, focus on one particular event, and it's found in verse 21. I want to read, if you'd like to stand, you can at this time. I want to read uh, through uh, several verses and then skip over to verse 35. In verse 21, the Word of God says this, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, he's at the Sea of Galilee, where we were just a few years ago, he went to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers from of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Not a bad thing to do. And he besought him greatly. The word besought there is the word parakaleo. It means he begged him. He, and literally it means over and over again. Jairus, notice verse 23, he besought him greatly saying, my daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may live and she shall live. She may be healed, rather, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now skip over, please, to verse 35. And while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, underline this, don't miss this, please pay special attention to this next phrase. Jesus said, be not afraid, only believe. 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 Say it with me. Be not afraid, only believe. One more time. That was worth coming to church over right there. That was worth coming to church over right there. Then notice in verse 37, he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. And that means they kept laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And but when he had put them all out, verse 40, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him, and he entered in the damsel where the damsel was lying, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel rose and walked, for she was the age of twelve years. They were astonished with a great astonishment charged him straightly that no man should know it and commanded something should be given her to eat. Father, I bless you that you are a miracle-working God. You are the great physician. I bless you, Lord, that you know our ways. You know the storms on the horizon. You know the furnaces of affliction. You know, God, our Father, 
you know, our Lord, the test of faith that you permit us to go through in this life here below, and yet you're wanting to build spiritual muscles in us. I pray, God, for us, your people today, me included, Lord, that you would give us such grace and such unction and such power to rise above, to overcome, to recognize uh, we're nothing without you, but with you we have everything. And God, I pray that somehow, some way, your glory will be seen and, and you'll have all that is to us and we'll take our hands off our life and say, oh, Jesus, we need you now like never before. And if you don't pull us through, Lord, we're sunk. We're ended. We'll lean on the flesh and not honor you God we need you I need you now and I pray dear father in the name of Jesus for the body of Christ at New Rocky Creek I know others are discouraged and down and others are challenged and others are battling faith like we all are these days families and finances and things going on in our world and I pray father you'll somehow you'll get glory today and we bless you and thank you for it Change lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Number one, when you are, when you have a need, number one, when you have a need, what do you do? What do you do? When you have a need, what do you do? The Bible teaches right here in the book of Mark chapter 5, verse 22, behold, there came, notice, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, verse 22, Jairus by name. And this was an important man, by the way, a very prominent man. And when he saw him, when Jairus saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Oh, when's the last time you fell at the feet of Jesus? He fell at his feet. Well, what do you do when you got a need? You got a need today. Is there anybody here that has a need? Is there anybody here that has a need? Is there anybody here that's going through some troubled times? Is there anybody here that don't really know what to do? Is there anybody here that is uh, in a trial of your faith? Is there anybody here that says, I can't change my circumstances? Is there anybody here that says, I'm sick or I need help, I need God to heal my body? Is there anybody here that says, I've got a neighbor, I've got a family member, I've got a friend who's not saved, they're going down the wide and broad gate when you got a need what do you do what do you do well the Bible doesn't say this but in my own sanctified imagination I imagine that daddy named Jairus and that little girl I can see her in her home right now 12 years old I can hear her say daddy daddy I'm feeling bad daddy I've got a fever daddy I'm sick daddy what's gonna happen to me daddy I can't get out of the bed daddy my head's hurting daddy can you help me daddy I don't know what I'm gonna do and there she is crying out for help what do you do when you've got a need I can hear old Jairus say honey it'll be all right don't cry honey we're gonna get you help we'll get you a, we'll get you to a doctor I don't know what's wrong but it's gonna be okay we're gonna believe God that's gonna help us through this 
I can hear old Jairus' wife say, Honey, what about that man? I heard about a man named Jesus. I heard he opened blind eyes, a man by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. I heard about there were lepers and they had leprosy, this terrible disease. Jesus healed them. Jesus healed them. What about that man that raised a man named Lazarus from the dead? Go get him. Go get him. Jairus, go find Jesus. If you can just bring him to our house, I know he can help our daughter. If Jesus could come to your house, he can help you. There. Got a need. What do you do? I'll never forget a few years ago. Our daughter was burning up with a fever, 104 degrees. We took her to the doctor over in Oxford, Georgia. Went to the doctor. The doctor told us this. Don't stop. Don't turn around. Go straight to Eggleston Children's Hospital and go as fast as you, well, not as fast as you can, but go and don't hesitate. I'll never forget driving down the road on I-20 going as fast as I could with our little daughter in the back seat burning up with a fever, not knowing what was wrong. I'll never forget going to Eggleston Hospital and uh, praying, oh God, the whole way down the I-20, oh God, oh God, we need heaven's help. We need your help, Lord. We're trusting you, Lord. Meanwhile, the church family back home was praying. I'm telling you, there's power in prayer. Thank God for a praying church family. I need somebody to help me. There's power in prayer. And brother, when you're at the hospital, and sister, when you're at the hospital, and when you're going through a crisis, it's great uh, comfort to know and peace to know somebody's praying for you. I'm going to tell you something. That don't happen everywhere you go. That doesn't happen everywhere you go. You and I need to count our blessings and say, God, thank you for a praying church family. It was so powerful when I got to the ER and there then as they did one test after another, it was like the peace of God came billowing in on my soul. Yes, I was still concerned, but people were praying. And it was, I can't explain it. And I'll tell you, you know what I'm saying if you've been there and you have. And we just stood and stood and prayed. And finally they said, you can go home. They never did figure out what's wrong. God answered the prayers. Don't ask me what happened. I don't know. We can speculate. But the point is, God intervened. What do you do when you don't know what to do? When you got a need? And I tell you what, I talked with Sister Betty and Brother Jim this week on Thursday as we sat down at the table in the kitchen area. And Betty said this to me. She said, Brother Randy, I don't see how anybody that's got some kind of problem or, or, or going through some kind of thing and call life, I don't see how anybody can go through it without God. And I said, I know what you mean. Some people do. They turn to mind-altering drugs and things to try to get them through. But I don't understand it. I don't see how they can do it. But they really can't. And even though you're a Christian, doesn't mean we're exempt from problems and afflictions and heartaches and ailments. 
God is there with us. God is pulling us through it. God is building spiritual muscles. God is making us shine like a light on a hill. Don't flirt. Don't flirt with eternity. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. And you say, well, I can go through those things too. Yeah, the rain, it falls on the just and the unjust. You're right, but if God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, yes, the Lord said, I'm going to be with you no matter what. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, when we don't understand, faith says, I believe God. Uh, yes, sir. And when the world pulls us down, faith rises up and says, no, I'm going to believe God. When we can't see our way clear and we're not sure about tomorrow, the Lord comes and says, take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient is the day thereof. Oh, yes, the Lord says, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. I've got tomorrow in my hands. When, when we're facing some giants, you facing some giants today? Have you got some giants in your life saying, you can't trust God. You need to be afraid. You need to be fearful. You got some giants telling you, why don't you worry instead of pray? Oh, faith rises up and says, no, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. Though he slay me, yet when I trust him, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And just shall live by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you're tempted, faith comes alive and says, there's a way to overcome. There's a way to escape. Thank God there's no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. With the temptation, make a way to escape. You might be able to bear it. When you need faith to follow God in an anti-Christian culture, in an anti-media culture that's in our face all the time, mocking the things of God, faith rises up and says, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to call those things which be not as though they were. If you can get to that place and say, God, I don't know, but I'm going to believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. You're speaking of flirting with disaster. Did you hear about the magician? The magician named Drake Mandrake. Wizard Mandrake is his name. Did you hear about him? I read this in the paper last week, and I thought it was intriguing. This man, who's from India, 40 years old, was much like a Houdini in his time. Wizard Mandrake performed one feat after another. He was a stunt man. And this particular stunt he attempted last Sunday. They tied him up with ropes. They tied him up with steel chains and lowered him into the water. 
wizard mandrake had been lowered into the water with plexiglass locked on every side and somehow managed to escape. He had performed one stunt after another. However, when they, as you notice, as they lowered him down in this river, tied with chains and ropes, they waited for him to surface. Where is Wizard Mandrake? They waited. Time ticked. One minute passed by. Five minutes passed by. They kept looking and wondering, where is Wizard Mandrake? He's been able to overcome everything thus far. Fifteen minutes passed. There was no wizard mandrake. On Monday, they discovered his body in the water. Wizard mandrake had flated, flirted rather with disaster and lost. I see people today flirting with eternity, lost, 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 thinking that they got another breath, thinking they got another uh, prayer, thinking they've got another day. And God says today is the day of salvation. People are flirting with eternity. Eternity is too long to be wrong. Maybe today you're thinking, well, I can put it off and maybe I'll get right with God some other day. Oh, listen. Now is the time, right now. In fact, as a man sitting here right here today, speaking of, when you got a need, what do you do? And those of you that were here last week saw my friend, Billy Ogburn, who's sitting right over here, 40 years old. Saul, as I had the privilege last week, Saturday, to meet with Billy, and, and Billy was telling me things in his life, and I just said, praise God, Billy, God's brought you for such a time as this. Has there ever been a point in time in your life when you just said, Jesus, take control of my life? Well, I've been to church and I was raised in church. I didn't ask that. Now listen, going to church is good, but that's not all. You've got to do more than go to church. That's just the starting place. And Billy got down on his knees when I shared with him how to trust Jesus and be saved. And oh, I wish you could have been there. I was there. I heard Billy say, Jesus, save me. And those of you that were here last week saw he came and, and said, yes, I've cried out to God to forgive me my sins and put my faith in him. And uh, trusting in his shed blood, Jesus, save me from my sins. Oh, I tell you, there was rejoicing in the presence of the angels. What do you think about that, church? I can't hear you. Listen. You can't get excited, thrill, jump up, shout, turn a backflip about somebody being saved. Something wrong. Think about it. Ah, we need a good shock, don't we? We need to get shocked back in reality of what's really important these days and what really cranks our engine these days. Ha <laughs> ha. Number two, the battle of faith. You know you're going under a battle of faith right now. That's why you need to trust God. That's why you need to let God and let God have his way today. That's why you're here today, and that's why God's got you here. What is it that you're battling? What is it that you need to say, God, I've got a need, Lord. You can sit there and say, I don't have one, but I don't believe it. All of us have got needs. It's a battle of faith. It's a battle of faith. God has been showing me that more and more. Son, this is a battle of faith. It's a battle of faith. It's a battle of faith in me, for faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Number two, 
when you're in a crisis, where do you turn? You're in a crisis right now. People are in crisis every day, everywhere we turn. Where do you turn? That's number two. When you're in a crisis, where do you turn? Look at Mark chapter 5, verse 23. Look what Jairus did. Verse 23 reads this way. And he besought him greatly. Jairus. <laughs> he didn't just say, hey, Jesus, you got time. Come on over to my house. <laughs> no. He was desperate. I'll tell you something. When you get desperate for God, God's going to show up. Most of us aren't desperate for God these days. We got everything under control. We got our health. We got our this and that and the other. We're not desperate for God. And I'm grateful to God for an economy, but it's going good. But I'll tell you what, times of prosperity can lead to times of apostasy for the average Christian. I'm rich in need of nothing. That old lukewarm church called Laodicea, that's where they were at. And that's the way I see America by and large. Many Christians, thank God not you, but many Christians today, they're rich in need of nothing. I've got my this and that and the other. I don't really need God, and, you know, until something maybe go wrong, and then I might need him if I might, you know, use him as a spare tire. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying is the truth. Hey, look, when you're in a crisis, what do you do? And where do you turn? Look at verse 23 again. He besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may live and she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Jesus, notice, it says Jesus went with him. He went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And so, what, where do you turn? I can see Jairus right now. Jesus! And he was already busy. He had a lot of things going on. No, Jesus, come on, come on. I, I need you to come to my house right now. He besought him. He begged him. Paracaleo, you've got to come to my house now. You've got to come to my I got my daughter sick. She's sick. There was that faith. He believed God. He said, Jesus said, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Only believe. Only believe. <laughs> I like this. Faith isn't a pill we take. It's a muscle we use. That's so indicative of our day. Let me just give me a pill and I'll feel better. No, you don't take a pill. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance is the word hypostasis. It means a firm foundation. Faith is believing God. Faith is not believing God can. Faith is believing God will. Faith is forsaking all. I trust him. Yes, without faith it's impossible to please God. Tell me, are you trusting God these days? Tell me, are you having faith failures? Tell me, are you battling with unbelief today? I know God's big and I know God's able, but you just don't know my circumstances. I know God has done stuff in the past, but, but, but you just don't know what I'm going through. I want to ask you a question. Is there anybody here that can testify and say, it was God that brought me through when I was sick? It was God that brought me through off my deathbed? It was God. Is there anybody here today that could say, I remember a time in my life when I didn't see my way clearly, when I couldn't understand what was going on but I trusted the Lord I put my faith in him I put my hand in the nail scarred hand and Jesus didn't let me down he carried me through the storm he 
wrapped me up in his bosom. In fact, it was like the footprints in the sand. I could see one set of footprints. It was then that I knew the Lord was carrying me. It was God who saw me through it. It was the Lord who was with me every step of the way. It was God Almighty that said everything's going to be okay. Oh, we've got a great God. Let the church praise the living God. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. And if that scares your neighbor, tell your neighbor to wake up. Wake up. What a great God we've got. I think about times in my life when the Lord has Oh, stepped out in the choppy waves of my life when I was afraid, when I couldn't figure it out. And, and Jesus stepped out on the waves of my life. Is there anybody here can say, yes, my Redeemer lives. I know my God lives. He's not in the grave somewhere. He's not a deaf God. He's not a dumb God. He's a living God. He's got power to heal. He's got power to save. He's got power to give hope because there's no God like our God no God like our God do you know him I don't mean about him do you really know him you say but pastor I could testify when there have been times when I didn't know if I had enough money at the end of the month to pay my bills but some unexplainable reason and unexpected finances or something came at the opportune time, can I get somebody to say amen? Oh, God is good. Yes, life isn't always good, but God is good. And when you're going through a crisis, where do you turn? Where do you turn? I wish you could have been here last Sunday morning. And some of you were. I wish you could have seen Larry Taylor. And some of you did. Larry. Larry. December. Six months ago, Larry Taylor, 72 years old, came and said, I've left God out of my life. He played for Arkansas, University of Arkansas football. Everything going his way. Had all kinds of degrees, teaching and so forth. And life was going good, but he left God out of his life. He realized he left God out of his life. And back there a few months ago, Larry said, Jesus, save me. And we had the privilege of baptizing Larry Taylor, not knowing what would transpire in just a few weeks. He ended up down there in Macon Coliseum Hospital. I went to see him not once, not twice, but numerous times. And... And uh, I remember seeing Larry in ICU. His hands were strapped down by his bed. It didn't look good for Larry. He was uh, confused. He was uh, disarray. He was disoriented. And it looked like as he laid 40 days, 40 days, 40 days, 40 days lying in a state that it looked like he's going down. He was getting weaker. And this is not very pleasant, but blood was all over his face one time. When I went down, he was bleeding from inside. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. He was not responding. He was looking up at the ceiling. I said, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for saving Larry. Lord, if you should touch him, bring him back. Bring him back as a testimony to your mighty, wonder-working healing power. If it would please you. If you're not finished with Larry yet, raise him up. 
And as we went and we prayed as a church family for Larry over and over again, I wish you could have heard what Larry said last week. Larry came to church last week. Larry came and he got out of the hospital, as some of you know, and Larry came down to this altar right here. Been in the hospital 40 days, and Larry got down on his knees and began to pray and thank God for bringing him up out of the hospital. And then when all was said and done, Larry Taylor came up and stood before the congregation and said God healed me and God raised me up and we all rejoiced and praised God because our God is a living God amen and amen and amen thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord oh yes so when you're in a crisis where do you turn not only that but what about, last but not least, not only when you're in a crisis, it's a battle of faith. Hey, by the way, U.S. and Iran, tensions are flaring. Are we going to war? That's another message for another time. But many of you are watching this. Many of you are listening to this. I've got good news for you. I've read the Bible. I know how this thing's going to turn out eventually. Anyway, last but not least, when you need a breakthrough, some of you need a breakthrough today. I'm convinced you, like me, are going through various challenges in your life, and uh, it's a battle of faith. It's a battle of faith. I said it's a battle of faith. I said we're all facing a battle of faith. And today, some need a breakthrough. Some need to come out of that shell of fear. Some need to break through the prison bars of doubt and unbelief. Some need to get a hold of the Lord Jesus. He's passing by right now with a nail-scarred hand. If you'll reach out and say, oh, God, oh, God, if you could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I would be healed. Yes, Lord, oh, God, help me, rescue me, Peter, sink. Peter took his eyes off the Lord and began to sink and said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and pulled him up out of the sinking water because what's over our head is under his feet. Somebody today needs a breakthrough. Somebody today needs a breakthrough. Your marriage is on the rocks. Your children aren't doing right. Your job has got you stressed out. The television and the news has got you worried. The sweet presence of God is not like it used to be. And you need it today. You need it today. What do you... When you're going through crisis, where do you turn? When you've got a need, what do you do? When you need a breakthrough, who do you trust? Be not afraid. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Will you believe the Lord today? Will you say, God, I confess that I've been prone to be anxious and worried, but I need to believe. I need to believe. I need to trust you. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have faith in God. I can't understand everything. I can't explain all the stuff. But I know this. My God is going to be with me. He's going to see me through. 
I'm going to trust him today. Would you stand to your feet right now?